TomDispatch.com. This is TomCast. Interviews and insight from Tom Dispatch contributors for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of our post-9-11 world and a clear sense of how our global imperial system actually works. I'm Timothy McBain. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking again with Tom Dispatch founding editor, Tom Engelhardt. He spoke with me about green on blue violence in Afghanistan and how it is in fact an unprecedented facet of the new American way of war. Timothy, the new piece that I wrote, Death by Ally, has, a, has a, 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 something buried in it that I think is worth maybe talking about a little. It's a piece about what's called green on blue violence in Afghanistan, and green on blue violence really means our own Afghan allies, the army and police force that we're training up individually, uh, individuals in those security forces repeatedly turning on Americans or NATO trainers or, you know, or the troops that they're with or whatever, and shooting them, just turning, turning the weapons that, in fact, we've given them or, or whatever on their allies. In 2011, there were 21 of these incidents reported in which deaths occurred. There were evidently more that went unreported where, you know, some Afghan soldier or policeman turned on an American or a NATO ally, shot at him, but either missed or wounded him or something. But, but 21 is at least the, uh, the figure for the most serious of the deaths. This year, in the first six months, there have been 21 similar attacks reported involving deaths or woundings, and they've resulted in, uh, uh, and that's like a, a jump of about 50%. In other words, this is an escalating phenomenon. Now, the part of this that I think is worth emphasizing, uh, than the part that's a bit buried in the, in the piece itself, is the historically unprecedented nature of these acts. Now, it isn't every day that, that we, I mean, in fact, normally we would almost say, even with the Aurora shootings, you know, you, you think of Columbine, you think of other American examples, uh, th- there isn't that much that's new under the sun. But at least for myself, as I thought over this so-called green on blue violence, I think this is something new under the sun. That is, you can think back through colonial history, the history of European colonialism. You can think about neocolonial history of a more modern time. Uh, You can think about great power, imperial power, superpower actions around the world. And it's really hard to come up with an instance in which a power using, in essence, what used to be called native troops, had those troops trained by them repeatedly all over whatever country they were in, turn on them, and shoot them down. I, I really, I mean, in American history, going back to the Indian Wars, you really can't think of an example. The only analogy imaginable, I would say, and it's an odd one, because, you know, if you go through, you know, the Philippines at the turn of the previous century, uh, Korea, Vietnam, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Iraq, more recently, you, you really can't find examples of this. I mean, maybe there's one somewhere that I've missed, but it's, it, at best it would be the odd example. You might be able to find examples somewhere in this history of scouts or allies of some sort leading Americans or others into a trap or something, but not something like this. So the only analogy I could find or think of myself was an odd one, which, which comes from Vietnam. In Vietnam, I mean, that was hundreds of thousands. Many more American troops were in Vietnam, 500,000 at the, the war's height, um, and they trained up enormous numbers of uh, South Vietnamese allies, uh, proxies, uh, what once were called native troops, without anybody, as far as we know, turning on an American and shooting them. I mean, a lot of Americans died, but they died in battle with 
you know, enemy forces or, or in guerrilla attacks or whatever. The only exception to that is that, in fact, in the Vietnam era, when the U.S. Army began, in essence, to disintegrate in, um, in Vietnam, when enormous dissatisfaction and uh, rebellion and whatever arose in the army, another phenomenon arose. And it, 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 it had a name, like Vietnam Blue Violence. The name was fragging for fragmentation grenades. And this phenomenon was that in repeated instances recorded, American soldiers turned on their officers and rolled a grenade under someone's bed or shot someone or did whatever. These were called fraggings, but they went after their own officers. Not at this level, but still... It's the one analogy I could think of. Another analogy that I thought of was maybe the Indian Rebellion of 1857. But even there, as far as I can tell, the Indian troops who rose in revolt, uh, they seem not to have actually turned their guns on their officers on the whole, on their British officers. This is the Indian recruits, conscripts. But other than that, you can look through history without finding, as far as I can tell, a single example of the equivalent of green on blue violence, which I would say should make this a headline subject. Obviously, there's a message here of some sort. And uh, I think it's striking that although, you know, you, you see reports in the press on green on blue violence, the individual incidents are sometimes reported, usually on the inside page, every now and then not. Often the reports or the summaries of this are in Afghan stories about larger stories. You know, it'll be an incident in larger stories. But there's been almost no incidents, cases outside of Tom Dispatch, of people actually putting this thing together, just looking at this thing and saying, hey, what do we make of a country where there's a repeated pattern, not of our enemies, but of our allies, turning on us and blowing us away? And obviously, I would say, it's not that hard to imagine the message. It's just that the U.S. military, Washington, I mean, nobody wants to hear this message because it's obviously a message from the people who have experienced the, the American project most closely, which is the security forces that we're training up, offering a grim message about where they would like us to be. You know, the one thing that I might add, Timothy, is that, uh, you know, what's, what, what makes this phenomenon more striking is it, it has the strange quality over the last couple of years of being a coordinated message, uh, the kind of message that would be planned out. And yet, it's clear that green on blue violence in Afghanistan is not in the normal sense any kind of coordinated event. Each of these events are clearly individual acts. They come out of a, each, each time out of a specific situation. They're geographically dispersed. I think it's worth mentioning as well that they take place not only in areas that are strongholds of the Taliban, but that they take place in, uh, in areas that are non-Taliban. And the most recent of these events took place uh, in a police training center in Herat, where three civilian trainers, retired U.S. Border Patrol guys and, uh, and, and a British equivalent of the same, were uh, blown away by an Afghan security guard. Uh, and this is, this is on the, up on the Iranian border. It's a particularly peaceful area of Afghanistan, relatively speaking. So, uh, you know, I, I, think when you, I, I think you just have to say that this is kind of a zeitgeist event that is actually escalating uh, and has been escalating since 2007, 2008, that it's a, and that it's a kind of a statement on the American mission in Afghanistan, which, which clearly failed years ago. But, you know, the odd thing is we've gone on as if it hasn't failed. And the Obama administration, while drawing down, continues to go on 
as if it hasn't failed. They're still talking about, you know, combat troops being out in 2014, but us continuing to build up the Afghan security forces for years and years after that. So there, there's a message here, and, and even though it's a message by relatively small numbers of people, each of these acts is a kind of a suicidal act. I mean, uh, somebody who turns his gun on a, a group of Americans in a, in, a, in a heavily armed situation like that basically knows that he's likely to die. So behind these acts, which are very extreme and violent acts, they're messages by blood, semi-suicidal messages at that, you know, obviously lies a body of feeling in the Afghan security forces, even amongst all those people who are not likely to want to die to make their extreme feelings about Americans clear. And, and they may be seen more, more, more likely seen in the enormous desertion rates from the Afghan army. I mean, I mean they're losing 20-odd thousand. The Afghan army and police forces are losing about 20-odd thousand or more people uh, every six months. It's, it's, it's a startling figure. You know, they're just, they're just going home, possibly with their weapons or to the other side or whatever. So, I mean, you, you see a situation which year after year isn't working, won't work, can't work, and somewhere in the last few years, armed Afghans, and there are a lot of armed Afghans, armed Afghans, the ones closest to us started sending the grimmest of all messages. We just don't want to hear it. read Tom Englehart's latest article, Mission Failure Afghanistan, a message written in blood that no one wants to hear. Please visit tomdispatch.com. You can also find Tom's latest book, co-written with Tom Dispatch regular Nick Terse, Terminator Planet, in either ebook format or hard copy at our website or at amazon.com. I'm Timothy McBain, and until we meet again, thanks for listening.